Okay, so this is what I call the cycle of mental weakness. And unfortunately, this is totally normal. All right, and there are three points in this cycle. The first point is something called problem-centric thought. It's the biological tendency that every human being has to focus on the negative. And in layman's terms, our brains are built in a way to be negative. I'll give you an example. The most valuable resource known to our species is oxygen. It's more valuable than all the cash, all the goods, all the you name it. Without it, we die the fastest. But when is the last time you, Jared, or anyone listening has thought to themselves, wow, this is great. (laughs) I have an abundance of the most valuable resource known to my species. You know, again, I think it's quite normal. We, We all know people just don't think that way. Now, compare that with when is the last time you thought to yourself, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough love. I don't have enough respect. I don't have enough. You fill in the blank. You see, sure. That's totally normal to think that way. That's PCT, that biological tendency. All right. So there's your first point in this cycle. And think about this cycle kind of like a circle or a sphere. So there's your first point. Now, moving clockwise to your second point, which is something called expectancy theory. Now, expectancy theory is really the root or the foundation of all psychology. I think everything in psychology stems from expectancy theory. And here's your definition of expectancy theory. That which you focus on expands. So whatever you think about, you will grow. All right, now let me explain that real quick. Human beings, we are made up of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And we know, that's what science tells us, that the thoughts a person has controls the way we feel and the way we behave. So it all starts with our thoughts. And if our, our thoughts are focused on something, by the mere fact that that will then influence significantly the way we feel and behave, Whatever we choose to focus on is going to grow. Right now, if you think about the third point in this cycle of mental weakness, which is self-confidence. Self-confidence is the single most impactful variable, the number one predictor of future success in all of sport and performance psychology. So if you have a belief in yourself, if you're feeling good about your chances, That's the number one predictor that you're going to go out and perform well. You know, and again, it's not false confidence. Typically, people who have true confidence is because they're prepared. But if you look at how that cycle works together, remember, it's totally normal to focus on the negative. Whatever you focus on, you're going to create more of. So by doing what's normal and focusing on the negative, you create more negative in your life. The more negative a person has in their life, the harder it is for them to have high self-confidence. So they're going to have low self-confidence. The lower the self-confidence, the harder it will be then to focus on anything but the negative, which again, you kind of see how this thing cycles. And it's a, what you call a very negative cycle in that it creates more of itself. All right. Now, one of the things we know is we can change that cycle with training. And this is what I was talking about, that whether you're predisposed to have kind of a negative slant or a positive slant, it doesn't matter. One thing we know is if we can learn to get control of our thoughts, we know with the proper training, people can. It's one of those things that even though it's hardwired, this is one of those things that that can be changed. We can actually change the hardwiring. It's called neuroplasticity. All right. So if you look at this new cycle, the cycle of mental toughness, this is what we're trying to get people into. 
you have three points again, and two of the three points are the same. The only thing that changes is that first point, the initiation point. Instead of problem-centric thinking, we want to change that to something that I call RSF, the Relentless Solution-Focused Thinking. Okay, and, and then again, if, if in the initiation point, if we can control our thoughts to, even in the face of adversity, even when we're experiencing difficulty, even when there's a problem right in front of us, if we can instead change our thoughts to, okay, what's going well in my life and what can I do about this problem? We can just learn to make that little shift. You have RSF and then think about now point number two, expectancy theory, whatever you focus on expands. And then again, the third point of self-confidence. So if, if I'm training myself, if I'm choosing to focus on things that are going well in my life and when I have problems, what I can do about it, that RSF, I'm going to create more positive, more solutions in my life. The more solutions I have, the greater my self-confidence. The greater my self-confidence, the better I'll perform. The better I perform, the easier it will be to focus on the good. The more I focus on the good, the more good I create. So again, that's another self-reinforcing cycle. That's what you call the positive cycle, the cycle of mental toughness. And that, Jared, right there, I think people have to have an understanding, especially people like you in a leadership position, that's what's going on in your head, and that's what's going on in the head of everyone you're leading. You must teach them how to change the thinking from PCT to RSF. We have to believe big. If you guys have ever read The 10X Rule, one of my favorite books out there, for those of you who have read that, think about this. In The 10X Rule, there are two sides to that rule. On one side, you've got 10x action. Take whatever goal, whatever idea you have and multiply the amount of time and energy and effort you think it's going to take to get there by 10. And on the other side of that thought, it's 10x thinking. So you've got 10x action and 10x thinking. And 10x thinking is actually where you envision what steps it's going to take for you to get there. You see it through to fruition. You see yourself accomplishing that over and over again in your mind until you go and accomplish that goal. See, we as humans out there tend to think small, as I mentioned, which means we set very mediocre goals. What if I fail at something? What if I don't accomplish something? Guys, guess what? You will. If you're not failing at things, you're not trying hard enough. You don't have a goal out there that is big enough. And so what if you fail, right? That's how you get on the pathway to success. How much better does it feel after failing at a huge goal than failing at a mediocre goal, which most of us are doing out there from time to time because we're just not pursuing the things that are really going to move the needle for us. But that's what big thinkers out there do. That's what John Maxwell would tell you that success is made of. And success is achievable as long as you have a clear and a definite plan as to how you're going to get there. You follow that plan that's in front of you. You're motivated. You're driven to see that plan carried out and you're focused on it. But you also believe that there is no shortage of success. There's only a shortage, huge shortage of big thinking out there. In the 10X rule, there's four degrees of action. We've got no action. That's where you have no plan, no perceived goals, no path, no action plan that you're going on or anything to work toward. You're taking zero action toward anything big or small. Then we've got reverse action. That's what happens to most of us when we fail time and time again. And rather than looking at that failure as feedback and learning from it, we go in the other direction. 
we think small, we retreat, we collapse, we surrender, we become closed-minded, we become pessimistic, we're stuck, and then it's very hard for us to set new, big, and audacious goals in the future. You have average action. That's number three. That's where most people are today. And in average action, the majority of people out there really think they are working towards something. Many times they've convinced themselves that they're working towards something, but they're doing it in a completely inefficient way. You may be able to relate. I know I can. Earlier times in life when I really thought I was working hard towards something, I was thinking small. I was failing at mediocre goals because they didn't mean anything. And that is average action, as the 10X rule calls it. Then you have massive action. This is where most people who have goals that are working toward them in an average way, this is really in their mind what they think they're doing, but they haven't 10X, okay? This is where you're obsessed and you're passionate. You're seeing something through to the end. You will stop at nothing to attain it. It consumes you in a healthy way. We can be consumed in the wrong way, but it consumes you in a healthy way because you guys know how important that one thing is to make sure it happens. This eliminates your small thinking, your procrastination, your laziness, all of the things that we talk about when you guys write into me and you give me great comments on the feedback. Much of it is around outerlying things such as not fulfilling your passions, not accomplishing your goals, not doing the things that you want to do. But really the underlying tone there for a lot of us guys is that we're thinking too small and we're not taking massive action. We feel like we are. We've tricked ourselves, we kid ourselves into thinking that we are, but we are not in a healthy, consumed pursuit in a massive way of the things that we are putting out. We do know that biologically we're built to focus on the negative. Right now, why is it that people don't make the change? I think two reasons. Number one, most people, believe it or not, don't sit and think about are they in control of their thoughts? Most people are really just going with whatever thoughts they're having. Yeah, held captive. That's exactly right. So I don't think people, to be honest with you, have been educated on the fact that we can choose. We have some control over the thoughts we have. And then the second thing, I don't think people know what to do about it. Because remember, this isn't, you can't listen to this podcast. You can't come listen to me, do a keynote speech or read one of my books and think now that just you have been educated on this, that you can actually make the change. Remember, it's biological. And to actually change it requires training, literally training. Just like it's totally biological to have our muscles be weak. And the one thing we know biologically, we can change that. If I go to the gym and I you know, do my bicep exercises every couple of days... I know that biologically, my muscle will respond and get stronger. It will become abnormal. It will become strong. Same thing is true for our brain. So you can't sit in your armchair and think, I want to have a strong bicep, and then magically a strong bicep occurs. You have to get up, go to the gym, do the exercises. The same is true for the mind, that you can't just pep talk yourself into no longer having your focus remain on the negative thinking. You have to actually train your brain so that when you identify, okay, I'm focused on the negative, here's what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to get my mind over the solution. See, it's completely abnormal and requires training, Jared. That's the key. And I think that's the piece that, again, if you do have an awareness that you can do this, a lot of people are lazy or overwhelmed, whatever it might be, and they don't do the work necessary to create the actual strength that will cause the control of the thoughts. Here's the great thing about the mind that, yeah, even though you can't see it getting stronger, 
it requires so much less time and energy to develop the toughness, the strength mentally. See, I have to go to the gym and you know, I don't know how long it takes to do three sets of 10 bicep curls, but I can guarantee you it takes longer to do that than it does for me to have the training in place to make this switch from PCT to RSF. Wow. That's very encouraging, you know, to, to hear that. And, and I think the reason people aren't working on it is, like you said, they're not training it. They don't know what to do with it. And maybe they don't even see the results of it happening. I mean, things can change in our brain underlying under the surface. And sometimes people notice that we're different or that we're doing things a little differently but before we even notice it. And I'm sure you found that in your work as well. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, more personally than anything else, you know, I'm one of these people that I'm certainly not going to teach the people I work with or push the people or coach the people I work with on something that I don't know 100% to be true. So not only did I learn about this in graduate school and you know understanding how the brain works, but I'm an experiment on myself. I mean, I certainly wouldn't be pushing you or anyone else that I know or work with to do this stuff if I don't know for certain that it works. So I want to go over a few keys to thinking bigger that I've compiled this week as I've just gotten really excited about thinking bigger this year and using that as a mantra going forward. So here are the keys to thinking bigger, and I'd love to collaborate with you as well if you want to write in on some of these things. But number one, as simple as it sounds, we've got to have focus. Our focus must be bigger than where we are right now. If you are not succeeding at something right now, it's because you really haven't laid out the blueprint for that success to happen. It's not big enough. It's not something driving you to thrive. And that's what we want to do, right? We all want to thrive. The other thing, as I've already mentioned once, is you've got to have a laid out and clearly defined plan, but you've got to make sure that you're following it closely. So many people tell me they have a plan, people that I'm coaching, clients that I work with, they tell me they have a plan, and then they stray away from that plan consistently over time. Number three is you've got to get a coach. Five to 10% of your gross income, that's gross income, guys, that's all in. Five to 10% of your gross income should be spent on a mentor or a coach that's going to help you see things differently and think bigger. And you've got to set a date, number four, that is public. I was talking to uh, someone I was coaching yesterday about setting a date, and you could just tell in their eyes what a fearful thing that was. We've got to set a date out there as to when we're going to accomplish these things that we're taking massive action on so that other people can hold us accountable to when we're going to finish this goal or this project. And honestly, out of these four things, I think that might be the hardest one because many times we don't know exactly what time frame to put on the things that we're doing. We don't know when this goal is going to be accomplished, but I think that's the beauty of it, guys. I mean, think about it. Setting a date is going to help you take massive action on the things, even if you don't know exactly when that date should be. It just makes sense to me. Think about it. If you don't set a date simply because you claim that you don't know when that date should be or you're a little bit fearful of setting a date out there, what's going to spark your drive and progress? There's not going to be anything out there that sparks that and makes you run faster. If you set a date and you end up having to extend that date, then the people that are holding you accountable, they're not going to let you just keep extending it over and over, hopefully, or you need to get new accountability partners. They're going to force you to accomplish this within some given time frame. And you're going to accomplish it a lot faster than if you just didn't have a date in mind. You've got to set a date, guys, and you've got to go public. So think about this. The keys to bigger thinking. Number one is going to be to focus. We've got to lay out a clearly defined plan. We've got to get a coach. Five to 10% of your gross income. Don't do it on the net. Don't play small. Go all in. 
and then get a coach that's going to help you see things differently and help you think bigger, think outside the box. And then we've got to set a date and we've got to go public with this. So back to the idea of uh, running the cuts in straight lines. This is my good friend, Tom Bartow told me this. Now, Tom and Coach Wooden, up until the day Coach Wooden passed away, Tom and Coach Wooden were the best of friends. It was kind of like a father-son relationship. And Tom was a former basketball coach as well. And he would go visit Coach Wooden every month or so. And he always made it a goal that when he'd go see Coach Wooden, he wanted to have one really good question for him so he could learn something from the master. And this was the question. He wanted to ask Coach Wooden that during the game, if, if he was sitting on the bench next to Coach Wooden during the game, while the game's being played, what is it that Coach Wooden is most focused on? There's a coach, you know, during a game, if I could get inside your head, what's the number one thing you're focused on while the guys are out there playing? He looked at Tom, said, Tom, I'm watching to see if my guys are making their cuts in straight lines or if they're running in banana pattern. And Tom looks at coach and says, coach, you're telling me greatest coach of all time. You're not looking at the scoreboard. You're not thinking about the score. You're not thinking about winning or losing. You're looking at the guys and seeing if they're cutting them in straight lines. He said, yeah, Tom, that's right. I'm looking to see if they're cutting them in straight lines. Tom said, coach, isn't winning important? Isn't it enough to be looking at scoreboard? He said, Tom, let's be clear. Winning is important. However, I know if my guys are making their cuts in straight lines, Instead of bat banana patterns, that my guys are going to be just a little bit faster than the opponent. And I know that from a process standpoint, if my guys are a little bit faster than the opponent, the winning will take care of itself. Okay, and it's a terrific story about the emphasis of process. And again, anybody who knows much about Coach Wooden knows that he became the most successful coach of all time because of this as his central tenet, meaning this is what he put more effort and emphasis into than any other thing that he taught was making sure that he himself, his coaching staff, and his players had internalized that process mentality. Think about what he considers memory bank deposits, whether you realize this is happening each day or not, guys. There are deposits that are going in and out, deposits going in your brain and withdrawals that are coming out. Deposit only the strength building, the big thinking, the positive thoughts in your memory bank, he tells us. If we look at society, I mean, I look out my window right here and there are just thousands of cars driving by, thousands of people you're going to encounter in your life and throughout this year. Most of our thoughts, most of the people we come in contact with, unfortunately, they're spewing out unpleasant things. They're thinking about negative things. They're thinking about discouraging situations rather than thinking about the wins that they want to go out and accomplish. But think about it. We all know the successful people out there as well. Successful people deal with things in such different ways. Unsuccessful people take those unpleasant situations and they plant them deep in their minds. They plant them deep in that memory bank. And they've got this residue, this negative residue that stays in their mind. Successful people, on the other hand, are they're depositing very winning thoughts, very situational thoughts of how they're going to go out and conquer and win. That's going to give them such a head start on their goals, the things on the horizon they haven't even seen before because of the past, because of what successful winning residue has stuck on their brain. That's what they're going to dwell on in the future. If you're thinking about a very unsuccessful or negative person, 
they're going to lay in bed at night thinking about all of the things they've deposited into their memory bank, the things that have stuck there, the negative residue. Confident, successful people, on the other hand, they don't give it another thought. Because why? They don't deposit that into their memory bank. You're going to speak out of your mouth. You're going to uh, feel from your heart emotionally whatever you deposit into your brain. You are exactly where you are today because of what you have put into your brain, as Zig Ziglar would tell you. Successful people specialize in putting positive thoughts into that memory bank. So just use that analogy as you're thinking about negative things or you're thinking small or you're thinking about things that you're not going to accomplish. What is it that you are dumping into your memory bank? What kind of deposits are going into that memory bank? And just remember that when we think about negative thoughts in our brains every day, guess what? We are sabotaging success going forward. You and I are both fans of Stephen Covey, and uh, he's got a quote that says, the noise of the urgent creates the illusion of importance. So within about a minute here, as I ask you to, you know, do this impossible task almost, tell us why we get so attracted to the noise in our life and we take too much on our plate and what we can start doing today to start cutting some of that out of our minds to where we can do a lot more by working with less in front of our faces every day. Yeah, and a lot of that boils down to channel capacity. Channel capacity is essentially the brain's bandwidth. And unfortunately, we want to believe that our brains can handle so much more than they actually can. Magic numbers with channel capacity are three and one. So think of it, our minds, we can be great. We can focus on being great in working memory, three things at a time. So like a juggler, if I'm juggling three balls and you throw me a fourth ball, I'm going to probably drop most of the ball. And that's what happens. So I challenge you to think about it this way. Most people are trying to be great at so many things that they're compromising their ability to be great at the most important thing. You must identify what are the most important things in your life. And again, three is the maximum. Now, I said three and one when it comes to channel capacity. One is any improvement. Three, I can manage and I can keep those in working memory. But if I'm trying to improve anything, Trying to improve anything more than one at a time is a total recipe for disaster. Think about your brain like a photo album, the photo album you have on your phone, that the phones are set up in a way if you take a photo, it goes into the photo album. But when the photo album becomes full, you go to take the photo, the photo album sends a message to you saying photos, you know, we're full. You have to delete something. The problem with our brain is we're full already. People are operating at capacity already, especially with uh, busy and overloaded as people have become. But the deal is every time you bring something new in, you're now deleting one of the photos that you have, but you don't get to choose what photo is being deleted. So you must, and I, I really like what you're thinking, you must learn to prioritize and insulate yourself from all this new information. Because remember, you put new information in, unfortunately, things are being deleted. So just like with your phone, if, you, if it was set up that way, I know people would be much more judicious with their photos, the taking of their photos, if they knew one was being deleted just at will. And that's how you have to start looking at the stuff in your brain, which those process goals are really a helpful way to help people keep in mind what's most important. Again, get your most important, your process goals done daily, do the best you can with the rest of the time you have, and you'll like the results. Most people, yeah, most people are trying to do everything and that means they're not doing consistently very well on their process goals are the most important. Well, that is so great. If nothing else from our message today, process just rings through loud and clear. So thank you so much for your time here today. And where can we find more about you from your website, your books? How can I steer more traffic your way so that more and more people can find out about your knowledge that you're imparting here today with us? That's yeah, very nice of you to ask. The best way would be jasonselk.com. Uh, all the books are 
They're all three bestsellers. So you can get those on Amazon anywhere, but you can also get information on the books on the website and other products we might have or classes we might have coming up. So that is great. And I appreciate your work. I'll link everything up in show notes. We certainly appreciate your time and uh, wish you continued success in all of your efforts and be looking for more and more things from you out there. Thanks so much. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that message from Dr. Selk as much as I did. And I would encourage you to go out and grab one of his books, Executive Toughness, 10-Minute Toughness, or his newest book, Organize Tomorrow, today. If you would like to connect directly with me, the best way to do that is by email. You can reach our team at info at success101podcast.com, or you can catch me in the world of social media on the Facebook Success 101 Podcast page and on Instagram under the name at success101podcast. I hope you guys go out and absolutely crush this week as you continue to plow through 2017 in order to reach your maximum potential and accomplish everything you desire for this year. I'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Success 101 podcast. Until then.